Hello and welcome to the Mind Money Soul podcast. I am your host, Laura Ann Moore. I'm a money and mindset coach and financial well-being speaker, and my mission is to help you feel good about money and learn how to use money as a tool to live your best life and work towards financial freedom, whatever that means to you. Every week, I explore the emotional, practical, and spiritual sides of money. So if you're ready to get financially confident, grow your money, and achieve your big life goals, then you're in the right place. Change your mindset, grow your money, feed your soul. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mind, Money, Soul. And today's episode is going to be on a hot topic, which is one that people ask me about a lot, and it is all about overspending. And today's episode, we are going to look into what is overspending, how and why do we overspend, and what are some tips that we can put in place to cure, should I say, and stop the overspending. Now, the biggest issue with overspending is the fact that you're living outside your means. And when you live outside your means, you can end up getting into a pretty shitty financial situation because you are more likely to be in debt, to spend money that you don't have, um, and just to struggle really sticking to a budget and managing your money. And you're also less likely to be saving and investing, which has a detrimental impact on our financial progress. Unfortunately, nowadays, we are marketed to constantly, right? You cannot turn the corner without there being an ad or a billboard or a promotion or an advert or a sponsored ad popping up on your phone. It's everywhere. So therefore, we're constantly battling against all of this marketing in an attempt to not overspend because we don't all just have uh, limitless or endless supplies of money. Even though I do believe that money is an energy and it's an infinite resource, we still have to be practical and log- logical about what we do have. Now, what we need to know and remember is that brands have, some big brands have thousands, millions of pounds worth of marketing budget. They hire marketing directors, execs, managers, and it is their job to highlight our pain points and point out to us things that they think are a problem so that they can sell the product or the service. It's quite literally their job. And we are fighting against all of this so that we don't part with every single penny of our hard-earned cash. Now, if we have a think back to years ago, back in the early 1900s, hairy legs and hairy arms weren't a thing. Women wore like long sleeve dresses that went all the way down to the floor. You didn't see our arms, you didn't see our legs, etc. Then as clothes started to get more revealing and women got their legs out and their armpits out and all of that, brands capitalised on this idea of women needing to not have hair, that having hair was a masculine male thing. Men can have hairy armpits and hairy legs, but women cannot. So therefore, it was literally the beauty standards and the beauty industry that created a problem that told us we had a problem so that they could sell their product of like shaving creams, shaving foams, razors, etc. They quite literally created a problem so that they could sell us a product. There was an article back in like the night, I think it was 1915, which was like young girl cuts her leg from shaving. And it made national news because shaving your legs was so unusual and not normal. But then by 1922, there was an ad in Harper's Bazaar, which was essentially um, talking about uh, how to get rid of your arm hair and why arm hair, armpit hair wasn't a good thing. 
in the campaign it says the woman of fashion says the underarm must be as smooth as the face boring and around that time brands like Gillette emerged and they had ads and they were talking about um, using so Milady Declotette is the dainty little Gillette used by the well-groomed woman to keep her underarm white and smooth so you can see how there was a shift in the 20s where underarm hair and leg hair was like not a thing and now suddenly it is this is an example of how we are problems are created and then we are sold to and we are fighting against that now or, this is just one example but understanding and overcoming overspending is one of the most important things that you can do when it comes to working towards financial independence now let's be real i think we've all been in a position where we've been stood in a shop waiting deciding in a complete paralysis analysis is that no analysis decision paralysis of whether to buy an item maybe we've picked up something we've got an angel and a devil on our shoulder one's going buy it buy it you know you'll love it fuck the money don't worry about the budget and then the other one is going no you can't afford this this isn't in your budget take some time to think about it this is impulsive sometimes the devil's louder sometimes the angel's louder sometimes only one is present but a lot of the time we get stuck in this like paralysis between the two. What we need to know is it's so much more than just logic in that moment. There are chemical reactions going on in our brain at that moment in time. And we will get onto those soon. But let me just give you an example of overspending. Now, overspending is going to look different for everybody, but a basic example would be you've set your budget for the month and then, you know, you're into the third week of the month, you're going along quite nicely and, you know, you've got £100 left for the next week, but then you go into Zara and you see a bag that you want and, like, it's £90 and that's going to leave you with £100 for the rest of the week to do food, travel, coffee, all of the things. Now, if you were to buy that and you only had 10 pounds left in that moment you've technically not overspent because you still have 10 pounds left but because you still have a week to go before you get paid that has pushed you right out of your budget so therefore you couldn't technically afford that item and now you've had to maybe go into your overdraft or onto a credit card to afford to live for the rest of the month now if this happens over and over again you get into a habit of basically ignoring your budget or your spending plan and ignoring if you can afford something or not and just doing it because you're you're being triggered to spend for whatever reason that is for you. Now, there are so many reasons why you could be potentially overspending. One example, and this was, I had this with a client of mine and it's quite common, is maybe you were bullied in school when you were younger and you were made to just feel not good enough, not worthy enough, and you really held on to some of those comments that the bullies made at you. And therefore now you spend money on items, maybe beauty items or clothes to make yourself feel better because maybe you don't feel like the best version of yourself and you feel like buying things is going to be the thing that makes you feel better. That's just one example. Another reason or example could be maybe you don't trust your own financial um, behaviours and habits. And therefore, when you get money in, you literally spend as soon as you get it because you don't trust yourself with having money. So therefore, it comes and it goes just as quickly as each other. Another example could be maybe you are actually addicted to spending. So we get addicted to things like uh, gambling, alcohol, sex. You can actually get addicted to shopping because of the chemical releases that are happening, which is crazy. So let's take a look at happen. Let's take a look. You can't see. Let's talk about what happens when you're spending. 
also if anybody is watching on this on youtube you'll see that i've got this brand new bright yellow and orange cup that my sister so beautifully painted for me and i absolutely love the on brand theme i got a lot of on brand presents for my birthday and i'm absolutely vibing it now there are four hormones which are being ignited or released when we spend dopamine endorphins serotonin and adrenaline. Now there is also a hormone called oxytocin, but that doesn't really come into play as much when we're spending. So we're just going to talk about these four. So first up, the most important one, dopamine. This is seen as the happy hormone. And you basically get a rush of dopamine when you tap your card, when you spend money, when you click that button. And dopamine is basically released in your brain when there is anticipation or excitement about something and it can cause feelings of curiosity and desire. And it essentially occurs when you try to seek more of that feeling, which is why bad habits can feel so good, such as junk food, sugar, smoking, etc. You are essentially doing something, you're anticipating or expecting a, a reward. Then you do the thing. And then you want that feeling again. So therefore you repeat the behavior, even if that behavior is a bad habit or something that's not actually very good. It's the excitement of that thing that is creating and releasing the dopamine. And apparently the, the shopping online is actually worse for shopping addictions because you, uh, when you shop online, you obviously go through the cart, you do all of that, and you then are waiting for the item to arrive. And that leans into and heightens that dopamine release because of the anticipation and the expectation. So if you are someone who is addicted to shopping online and you have literally, you know, piles and piles of clothes in your wardrobe, which all have tags on, or you've got piles and piles of bags and boxes that are just sat that stuff that you maybe have ordered and haven't even opened or return know that it's actually due to this chemical release in your brain or at least that's a part of it and there are a lot of people who are like this but there is something you can do about it so stay listening but the reason why that's piled up and you you no longer feel the urge to like take it back or wear it or use it is because all the fun happened in the process of actually ordering it not in the item itself now, dopamine itself doesn't last very long and it can lead to compulsive shopping because you're constantly seeking out that next high of dopamine. And the instant reward and motivation to re-experience the rush starts to outweigh your self-control and practical financial considerations. So essentially, you seeking that dopamine high overweighs, outweighs the need to be good with your money. Now, then we also have endorphins. And apparently this is the hormone known to be a natural pain reliever and it comes in short bursts. So if you're a runner, you know that it's also called runner's high because it literally kind of like blocks out the feeling in your body. You're rushing with endorphins. You can run for hours um, without feeling pain. Now, endorphins, similar to dopamine in that respect, but comes in shorter bursts. And then you also have serotonin, which is more commonly about mood regulation, and it plays a huge part in emotional decision making. Now, because our decisions about money are made from a place of emotion, not logic, serotonin plays a huge part in this. 
basically your decision-making skills are improved with increased serotonin in levels. So by it helps you weigh up the possible effects of negative consequences. Whereas if you have slightly less serotonin in your body, you might find risky decisions more appealing. Now, for example, let's say you were going out and you had a budget on how much you could spend. If you had high levels of serotonin, it'd probably be easier to stick to the budget because you're able to make uh you're able to assess risk and decide what's going to happen if you do go over budget now if you have lower serotonin levels you're probably more likely to be impulsive to make uh, purchases of a higher like level more expensive go out of budget and think less about the financial consequences and finally we have adrenaline now when you think of adrenaline you usually think of adrenaline junkies like people running and jumping off cliffs and planes and that kind of thing um but it's essentially a surge of energy and an increased heart rate and adrenaline will always hit you quickly in times of stress and excitement and it's been reported that people say that spending money and finding items in sale or buying luxury goods can cause that feeling and that adrenaline high so now we can see how all these hormones play a part when we spend the dopamine reward seeking loop and the low serotonin levels would cause us to focus on instant gratification not really thinking in the moment about um, the impact that spending is going to have on our financial situation and it would also cause us to use retail therapy as a form of emotional coping and we then end up spending money in an attempt to feel better especially if we've had a stressful week at work and all of these have an impact on your financial situation, but it's just really important to understand what is going on with your brain because you can then start to ask yourself, where am I getting my dopamine from? Where am I getting my serotonin from? How am I getting endorphins? Because when those are being cre created and uh, was there, released in other ways, we don't turn to spending as a coping mechanism to change our emotional state. And that is going to help with overspending. So first of all, you want to acknowledge what is it that you are overspending on? What is it that is causing you to overspend? So that's going to look like two things. One is understanding the emotion that you feel when you are spending. Is it boredom, sadness, loneliness, happiness, fear, etc.? And what are the things that you are usually going to spend on? Is it food? Is it clothes or beauty items? Is it experiences? Is it buying gifts for other people? Like when you have that emotional trigger and you are being pushed to spend, what are you then also spending that money on? Now, this is just data and it's going to help you make a plan moving forwards and know how to curb your overspending. You could say, right, if I know that when I get sad, I am really likely to spend loads of money on food, for example you would know, okay, maybe I need to put practical things in place. For example, delete Deliveroo and, you know, just eat off of my phone, make sure that I've got food in the house and I've got a meal plan. But also when I get sad, what is another way that I can make myself happy again? First of all, you've got to feel it to heal it. So sometimes you need to sit in the sadness, but also what are some things that are going to bring me joy? Is it painting? Is it watching telly, chatting to a friend, etc.? And you can make a toolkit of things on how to change your emotional state that do not involve spending money. And then, like I said, you want to ask yourself, how am I getting the release of chemical, those chemicals in my brain that don't include spending? So the way that you can increase your dopamine, some examples are listening to music, 
trying something new or a fave of mine, which is ticking something off of a to-do list. So you know when you have a to-do list and let's say you did a task that wasn't on there, does anybody else write it down again and then draw a box and then so that they can tick it off? I do that all the time. And there is an actual scientific reason for this. It's because you get a dopamine rush when you tick something off or cross something off of your to-do list. That's why. It's mad. So if you've got a big to-do list, you can actually get a similar dopamine rush by basically going through your to-do list. Now, not only are you getting things done and being productive, but you're also getting your dopamine hits. And that's going to help you feel less stressed and more accomplished. And focusing on the rewards that you get from doing something fun, free and creative is a great way to feed that reward-seeking loop that does not involve spending money that you do not have. Now, you can increase your endorphins by doing things such as running, taking a hot bath, uh, doing yoga, having sex or laughing. Who doesn't love all of those things? Bring on the endorphins. Do you know what I mean? And finally, you can increase your serotonin by exercising, getting in the sun, getting that vitamin D, um, meditating and eating healthy food. So serotonin is because it's your mood regulation hormone. It's very much linked to your well-being and having a balanced and happy and healthy lifestyle. And the more serotonin that you have, the better equipped you are emotionally and mentally to make good financial decisions and just decisions in general. So increasing that is very, very helpful. So that is how you can utilize your brain and understanding the chemicals to help you curb overspending. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to slide into all my DMs and ask me any questions or send this to somebody who you feel needs it. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next week.